Some days I can't get up that high. Oh, yeah, on Sundays? <clears throat> Hello? So, yeah, I can't, I can't quite get up there right now. <clears throat> Did I go too? I went too high, didn't I? Now I'm way up here. I think you're fine. Uh, <clears throat> Did we start yet? We started. Okay. Bear with me, everybody. All right. So, here we go. Just adjusting my microphone. Check one, two. <clears throat> I'm going to go live on Instagram here. Boing! I guess I'll go off of this cup, even though I'm actually going to be using that cup. So, that's where I was having a hard time. I was going to set it up on the other microphone, but... I'll set up on this cup. <clears throat> um... Anyway, we're live on Instagram. We're live on Facebook. You can check us out live on YouTube. And uh, these bitches go up on other places, too. What? Google Play? Yeah, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Yeah. Like, dude, we're all over the place. Uh, Mark Bell's Power Project. Yeah, Podbean sends me stuff all the time mm -hmm. about being on there. I've never even heard of them, but so, thank so. you for them. Oh, there you go. Um so Andrew and I got in some good conversation yesterday, had a great podcast as always, as usual. <laughs> and uh, today was a busy day, did a lot of uh, a lot of meetings, Andrew's been over here. Oh, Nick Platinum, what's up, Nick Platinum? How it be, homie? <laughs> um, you know, Andrew and I had a, a busy day today, he was plugging away, uploading stuff, messing with pictures and doing all the Andrew things that he does. Being the Swiss Army knife that he is, the utility back, <laughs> he's good for first down. Second down, third down, fourth down. Special teams. Could be third and 13. It could be fourth and one. You don't, you don't really know. Andrew could be in the game. Speaking of. Like Marcus Allen from back in the day. So, I played Tech Mobile last night. No way. And it was Niners versus LA Raiders. Mm. Oh, the Niners are hard to stop. Yeah. But. I just throw it to Rice every time and he catches it. Rice is pretty amazing. Um, but Bo Jackson is really hard to stop. Yeah. He's basically impossible. Derek Tuck says, what's up? You got to be careful with a name like that. <laughs> say it too fast. You might screw it up. But um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, Tecmo Bowl, you know, if you, so the Giants, I think, were the hardest team to stop mm. because Mark Bavaro would do a little button hook, uh, pat, you know, catch mm -hmm. from Phil Sims. And like, he just couldn't stop it. Even when you pick the other guy's play. You know, you pick the other right, guy's play yeah. and it's all out blitz. Yeah. How about just kind of peering over at the other guy's controller? That was always <laughs> a good a move. That's a sin. That was so good. I remember, ah, uh, shoot. So cheap. Some guy in the neighborhood, he called it a paddle. <laughs> Don't be looking over at my paddle. Oh, man. Like, What's a paddle? Oh, hey, you mean your hey, control. Hey, you know what, dude? I'm, I am hard up for friends to come over and play me in Tecmo Bowl. But don't, but why don't you just get the fuck out of my house calling it a paddle? <laughs> yeah. That would be, yeah, that would be the best. Paddle. Yeah, don't call it a paddle. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's weak. Yeah. So I was gonna bring it in today, but I forgot. But so. yeah, they're like releasing some of these older games for like Switch and stuff too, right? Mm -hmm. You're saying? So they released twenty yesterday. Oh, what are we gonna do? So I, I'm gonna know. be low on time. Do you ever? Don't tell me about worms. They're not releasing worms, are they? They have worms. You had on. it coming. Best game I'll ever. I'll get you. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you. And you can walk up to the other worm and just poke <laughs> him. And you just flick yeah. him off into the water. They had oh. the uh, mad cow attack, the sheep. You can throw a sheep. You can throw an exploding uh, sheep at somebody. And you can, and then and the other one, you can press, God, that was a good press the button again. The sheep gets a cape, and you can control oh, where yeah, it flies. Oh, yeah, super sheep. Yeah. Super sheep, yeah. Oh, dude. 
Kamikaze. Man, I played <laughs> I played that game. <laughs> we played it in junior high. I remember I looked at the game and it was like on sale. I was like, dude, this looks sick. And we got home and we played. It was a buddy of mine. And I was like, what the fuck? This is stupid. <laughs> and then. It does seem kind of dumb, but it's amazing strategy like game. 28 hours straight later, we're just, we can't stop playing mm-hmm. it. It's, that game is fun. We're, don't worry, we're going to talk about some useful information in a little bit. Nah, fuck that. Let's talk about video games. <laughs> yes, yesterday <laughs> we uh, we were touching upon some some stuff, and uh, just uh, I don't know. Midway through the podcast, I mentioned about turning uh, pain into power, and that resonated with a few people that watched the podcast yesterday, and they wrote about it in the subject line below. They mm-hmm. were responding to the podcast, and uh, I was like, "Shit, that's a great topic. That's a great thing to talk about." I've used. Uh, pain and i've used uh that fuel to uh fire me up before and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not a great thing to do um <clears throat> most of the time for me uh i've had my best workouts um when i'm calm and when i'm happy and when the when when the workout's not a reach you know i'm not reaching for anything i'm not actually like uh Sometimes if you're actually in pain, sometimes it can be a reach. So like your elbow hurts or your knee hurts or um, something is just really, really in a lot of pain uh, and it can distract you and it can pull you away from your workout. So we're not really talking about like trying to battle through like injury. This is not really the topic that we're talking about for today. Today, we're more talking about battling through the pain that you may have um, from doing or or from just having certain things happen to you. Uh, Maybe you were abused as a kid. Uh, maybe you were neglected by your parents. Maybe you were overlooked when you played football. Maybe, uh, you were just treated poorly by people. Maybe people just thought you would never turn into anything. And maybe people said kind of rude things to you over the years. And, and I, I've definitely been on the receiving end of a lot of that. <clears throat> and, uh, I like to utilize that as fuel to, you know, help me, um, get past certain challenges. Now, one thing that's great about lifting weights and something that I've always done with, with lifting is I've always looked at the weights as the, res- the resistance of the weights themselves are going to be things that build me. And where I think a lot of people can benefit is when they start to really realize that you can take the resistance of life and you can put that on your shoulders and the resistance of life over a period of time is going to make you stronger as well. So we all have our bad days. We all have our challenges. We all have the days where <clears throat> we're just sad. We're sad, we're mad, we're just not happy. Um, and sometimes you don't want to be. Like sometimes you don't, somebody tries to pull you out of it. Somebody says something funny and you're like, you, know, you, just, you don't, you don't care. Uh, somebody says, hey, your favorite TV show's on or, you know, they're trying to cheer you up. Hey, I made you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And like nothing snaps you out of it, right? You're just like, eh, just kind of grumpy. And so a lot of times, you know, just sometimes that's just the waves that we go through. But we can utilize, uh, a lot of the resistance and a lot of the pain from working out, from exercising, from uh, sprinting, from going on a really hard run, from you know running a hill, uh, from doing a high rep set of squats. Come in the gym, pissed off one day, maybe something really is eating you up. Um, if it's a real tragedy, that's a different story. Uh, that, that's going to require some actual like real healing. But if you're just pissy because you're pissy mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, your head's kind of tied in a knot, Go in the gym and do three sets of 20 squats. That shit will be gone quick. That shit will be gone really fast. <laughs> yeah. And if you have the guts and you have the courage to push yourself through it, um, 
when you come out the other end, you're going to, you're going to feel a lot better. I know it's hard to realize that because you're like, I don't feel like shit. I'm already grumpy. I don't want to do that, but it's going to make you feel a lot better. And there's nothing more rewarding than being, than starting a set and telling like your buddy or your, your coach or training partner or whatever, Hey man, you know, I want to do a set of 12 and you do a set of six and you're like, wow, that was a big mistake to tell the dude I was going to do 12. Cause I am, I maybe got one more rep if I'm lucky that there comes seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine. Maybe you need a little spot because with the training that I'm doing now, we can, we can cheat a little bit and get some spotting power thing. We don't really do that as much, but you're trying to, um, you're trying to not only build muscle and you're trying not only to build strength, but you're trying to build character. You're trying to build willpower. Willpower is something that you can build. Um, I think a lot of times when somebody watches their kid do something, they're like, why isn't my kid more aggressive? Why doesn't my kid get up there and <clears throat> get in that batter's box and stand in a position like they really mean it, like they're going to really hit the ball? Mm-hmm. That's like, well, because they're a little kid, man. Like they're mm-hmm. scared. Like they don't, they haven't really built up that confidence yet in that way. And they haven't really, um, they're going to have to have most kids, not every kid, but most people in general are going to have to have uh, success, the success will breed success and it will get, build confidence. It will build that willpower over a period of time. And so these things, they take time. And I think sometimes we think, oh, we're just in the gym and we're just building muscle or we're just doing these reps because a long time ago, Joe Weider said so, and Arnold followed and, uh, Arnold got jacked and that's what we're doing. We're doing three sets of 10 or three sets of 15. And we think that that's just the way that it goes, but no, you're in there and you're building and working towards something much different than just that. Let me try some of my protein. Are you still having protein every single meal? Every single meal, throwing down a scoop. Yep. That's trying to savage. be jacked. Um, now there's, there's some other forms of this too. As you dive into it deeper, I mean, just think about your challenges in your everyday life and how they can turn into triumph. Think about how you can turn them into victory. You talked yesterday about a bunch of different ways that you can win. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be that you do something great. A win doesn't have to be a 315 deadlift. Um, a win does not have to be that you lost 10 pounds. A win could be that you went for a 10-minute walk. A win can be um, that you um, you set out to go shopping for the day and you need to buy clothes because the season's changing and you went and you did it. You set out, you, you had a goal, you had an, an, an objective, you had something on your to-do list and you went and did it. It's a small victory. It's not going to really turn mm-hmm. into meaning a whole lot to anybody else, but it's one extra thing that you got off your plate. That's not making your head, uh, turn into knots, you know, and it's not giving you that kind of frustration that you get. Maybe you meal prepped because me, so meal prep can definitely be a big victory because you told yourself you were going to do certain things with your body. You told yourself you're going to do certain things with your strength. And now here you are, uh, serving yourself the best way you can and, and making some healthy meals for yourself. You're trying to, uh, set yourself up, uh, for success rather than the opposite, which is, you know, setting yourself up for failure. They say, if you don't plan ahead, then you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Last night I had the predicament of being up a little bit too late, but trying to meal prep for today. Mm. So I kind of like weighed positives, negatives of each. And I was like, I could either go to bed right now and try to wake up early and do it. Mm -hmm. But I just, I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I just stayed up a little bit later to make sure I had enough food for today. 
Yeah. You know, it's about that turnaround time, you know, from one day to the next Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, tomorrow we're going to lift in the morning. So usually starting on like Tuesday or Wednesday, I start thinking about that Friday workout. As long as we can make it, we're not always able to make it, uh, due to just different schedules and stuff. But if we're going to make that Friday workout, it sounds kind of funny. I start thinking about that thing on Tuesday or Wednesday. Cause I'm like, well, I'm going to need to get to bed a little earlier. You know, I know tonight that I'm going to, we're going to have to get out of here at a certain time. So yeah. we'll have to get done with this podcast. We'll have to get our uh, chest workout in and then we'll have to get home, eat, recover and be prepared mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. The one thing that's nice about Friday is we normally don't have as much stuff to do. So we don't have to be tied down to being here as long. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a nice thing, but uh, yeah, it's, um, you got to really pay attention because otherwise you're going to fall behind and you start to fall behind. And those are the things that lead you into being like everybody else. Um, anyway, as we were talking about this pain and the power thing, I just started thinking about all the athletes. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of athletes, actors, actresses, and, uh, people that have, uh, overcome all kinds of stuff. In some cases, it's people overcoming uh, things that are way more serious than others. Like for example, JK Rawlings, who, uh, is, is, uh, the creator of Harry Potter. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, she, you know, she's not, she's not going through some of these other things of some of the other people I have listed here of like child abuse and some of these, uh, horrific things that happen to people, but she really was up against it. She really had a really hard time getting, getting the book made. She went to like 11 or 12 different uh, publishers mm-hmm. and just kept getting shut down time and time and time and time again until finally she had to call herself JK so that people didn't know uh, it was a female. Because at the time, that wasn't a thing. That wasn't, the females weren't getting books published the way that a lot of the males were uh, that had a good idea, I guess. <laughs> and so she was like, screw it. I'm going to try to change the name. She changed the name and eventually it broke through and eventually it turned into, uh, what it's turned into. But now she is, um, she's probably one of the more successful females to ever walk the face of the earth. I mean, she could put her in the category right there with like Oprah and stuff like that. And, um, it's just, it's unbelievable, but, um, you know, to, to stick to it Mm -hmm. and to have so many people tell you that it's a bad idea. So many people are just thinking, well, this is, this is too different. This is too weird. Like who cares about this, uh, this magician school or whatever, which <laughs> now you look back at it and you're like, why wouldn't everybody think that that's right. cool? That does, does sound awesome. Yeah. But like, if she didn't get all those years of no's, does she come out with so many and so many great ones? No, she comes out with nothing, mm-hmm. you know, probably, mm-hmm. you know, she probably comes out with, um, you know, an idea and, and, you know, a lot of times, like I say this all the time, a lot of times you're not ready either. You know, the, uh, the, the world will beat you up enough and it'll make you ready for, (laughs) for, for these things. Um, you know, I think back to, um, you know, when I was trying to be a pro wrestler, if somebody at certain time would have just called me up and, and put me into pro wrestling, I would have got chewed up and spit out and who knows what would have happened. Uh, I, who knows, I may have fall victim to, you know, being hooked on drugs or, mm. um, you know, I, I may have been kind of caught up in the, in the life of a wrestler and maybe, uh, I wouldn't have the family that I have, you know, it's, it, it's crazy to kind of think about these, these situations. And so even though you are getting beat up along the way, you do have to take your lumps 
it's, it's kind of going to happen. Some of these things are just out of your hands and we don't get to kind of always pick and choose, uh, what happens to us. Yeah. Had I met you like a year or two prior to when we did, I would not have been ready. Right. <laughs> this yeah. place would have chewed me up and spit me out so fast. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't there. Yeah. Right. And maybe, and maybe I wouldn't have tolerated it. You know, maybe we would have worked out and I would have been like, oh man, this guy's just not, I don't know, man. Like he worked out really hard that one day and then yeah. now I don't know if he's sore or what his deal is, but I don't really have time to think about it. He, he's not picking up the slack on this day mm-hmm. and I'm trying to have a good workout. So I, I don't have time, you know, for whatever's going on in his <laughs> life. I, I got to keep moving on. I'll, I'll find another another training partner. And that's actually a really good point. And that's why people that work out really hard go through so many training partners or, um, you know, you sometimes look and you're like, Hmm, that's Mark Bell. Like a lot of people know who he is in the fitness industry. Wouldn't there be a, like a line around the door of people that want to work out with him? It's like, well, you know, you do a couple workouts with me and you'll kind of find out why, <laughs> why there's only one guy hanging around, you know? And, yeah. uh, <laughs> It ain't easy. And same thing with O'Hearn, right? O'Hearn has a, O'Hearn doesn't have other like big bodybuilding people with him or anything. He's got a couple of guys that are able to hang in there. They're able to hang on that are mentally tough, uh, that want to handle those, that kind of Mm -hmm. abuse, uh, that early in the morning and get through those workouts. Right. And one of them's going to be here next week. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Our our boy, boy, Gavin. Yep. Gavin Murphy coming with that, uh, pecan, (laughs) pecan butter. That stuff's insane. It's so good. Beardy boy. Yeah. Uh, but going back, so I remember, um, I got a buddy of mine, he's a, uh, a Sony artisan. So people in the camera world know that as it's, he's like, a like a, uh, not as necessarily a sponsored photographer from Sony, but he gets basically the best of the best of whatever they have to offer. And I was talking to him on the phone and I remember I was talking to him about another photographer that I knew who was not even a fraction as good as I am or was at the time. And he ended up getting like a really cool gig. And I remember being like, dude, why the, why is that not happening to me? And he's like, look, that guy's going to, he might be lucky, whatever you want to call it. But eventually everyone's going to see him for what he is and he's going to burn out and no one's going to care for him anymore. Mm. The reason why you haven't gotten that offer yet is because you're not ready. He's like, when you're ready, that's when that's going to show up. Yeah. And then I ended up meeting you, like, I think probably six months after he had that conversation with me. Which yeah, is crazy. I, I always think about you're like preparing for the unknown. And I feel like I've been doing that <clears throat> my whole life, just preparing for stuff. And then like, I don't know, I get led into something else. And then someone else is like, you're, oh shit, man, you're really fortunate. You're really lucky. And I think, oh yeah, I guess I am kind of fortunate and lucky. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. I guess not really. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm not any more fortunate or lucky than anybody else. I don't have like a rabbit's foot hanging out of my ass or anything, you know, uh, or, or a lucky charm. I just, uh. <laughs> I think that I just end up being prepared for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about these things a lot too. I think about like, I, you know, if I watch TV or something and I see uh, a friend who's on, uh, you know, to the, the Today Show or something like that, showing uh, fitness exercises, then I sit there and think to myself, oh, how should I wonder how I would do with that? And so like, how do I prep for that? I can't, uh, I can't really just all of a sudden uh, pretend to be on the Today Show necessarily, but I can do stuff like this. I get in front of a camera and start to talk and I can start to become uh, better at speaking in front of people, better at speaking in front of a camera. Um, I can learn some kind of do's and don'ts and I can, you know, practice things that they do on TV, even something like just cussing less. It's something I've worked on. My kids, they kind of pointed it out to me that I cuss <laughs> a lot. So I try to 
I I tried to uh, cuss less, which is kind of funny that they say that because I don't. I, well, I guess they observe what they observe, right? Mm-hmm. I can't uh, say that I don't, but I I don't cuss that much around the house. At least I don't feel like I do, unless they're uh, unless they're just referring to the you know stuff I say I say on camera. But anyway, you you work on these different things to get prepped for whatever's coming next. If you're um, doing a certain style of photography and you're starting to wonder, oh, I wonder what it would be like to, uh, you know, work for that company or work for these guys over here. Well, then maybe you start to practice that style. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe the company does all black and white, or maybe they do all sunsets or maybe they do all whatever it is. And you start to kind of, you're like, oh, I wonder what that would look like if I was doing that, how, how it would look and how I could make changes to it, how I can improve it. I can make it better. Um, we were talking about some different athletes that we've seen, you know, go through some hard times. And, and you think about, um, obviously like nowadays, Mike Tyson is not, uh, you know, held up on a pedestal the way, the way that he was, uh, you know, years and years ago. But, uh, Mike Tyson was abused a lot as a kid. Um, his mother was a drug addict. His mother was, a uh, was a hooker as well. His dad, um, the only only uh, adult male figures that he really knew uh, were people that would abuse him. They'd beat the hell out of him, and he didn't really even know his real dad. So he went through some really, really rough times, and as you can imagine, that's going to make that's going to make a really like hardened person, right? That's going to make a person really tough. That's going to turn somebody into either turn somebody into being really, really timid and not being able to handle themselves with much of anything, or it's going to turn somebody into Mike Tyson right. and turn somebody into a savage and a right. lot of the pain. And when it, you know, when it comes to boxing and when it comes to like doing a drill or something, go back and watch Mike Tyson hit a heavy bag, watch Mike Tyson hit some mitts. That's I mean, he animal. would, he would tear that shit apart. It was unbelievable. Uh, you know, they, they used to say bad intentions. They'd say, Hey, let's mm-hmm. see, let's see you throw some punches and do this combo. And they say bad intentions, Mike. And he would, you know, he would throw some bombs and it was so fast and so powerful and so explosive. Uh, nobody's ever really seen anything like that before, but where does that aggression come from? The aggression comes from the pain and experience that he had as a kid, uh, growing up without money and growing up being made fun of for having a speech impediment, having that lisp, that really soft voice. I mean, come on, can you imagine how bad he's getting made fun of when he's 13, 14 years old? And he's this big kid. I mean, he, he always looked like he worked out. He always looked like he worked out. And uh, everyone's probably expecting him to have this deep baritone voice because he's uh, so much more, more mature looking than everybody else. Um, but it, I, I've seen the same thing myself when I was uh, coaching, when I was coaching kids and, uh, you know, some observations I made. If you had an inner city kid, uh, when I was coaching football, you had an inner city kid and you had him square off and you had them, uh, you know, doing some hitting drills, man, you know, a, bu- a bunch of kids would go and a lot of these kids didn't have any fire, didn't have any like heart, didn't have any like determination because they're young mm-hmm. and they're scared and they don't know what they're doing, but dad wanted them to play football. And so there they are. And so you have them do these tackling drills and they hit into each other in super slow motion, right? You get that kid that his parents are divorced or he doesn't know his dad or he's from the inner city or whatever it might be. And wham, you see a hell of a collision, <laughs> right? You're like, holy crap. And automatically that kid that has that aggression like that, that kid that's willing to stick his nose in there and, he, and he's not, uh, he doesn't even care what's going to happen to him. He just knows that he needs to kill whoever has the ball. 
a lot of times, um, you know, that ends up being the better ball player. And, uh, I mean, you've seen this in so many situations, Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson grew up very poor. And, uh, while we're watching some footage of Tyson knocking people out, (laughs) it's really pretty, um, pretty intense and pretty wild. But Bo Jackson came, uh, from, from poor beginnings as well. Yeah. He just, just lay, he just, yeah, he just laid the guy out and the guy's legs are all stiff and the guy's legs, you can tell the guy's legs are all numb, but going through this pain and going through these experiences is, is going to be, uh, some of the things that get you to the next level. Now you don't have to suffer in the same way. Like you don't have to be somebody that was abused as a kid. You can kind of have your own form of suffering, but you're still going to have to have some suffering. If you remember when we had Jay Cutler on the podcast, Jay Cutler was a really good example. By the way, Jay Cutler is the man. He was one of the coolest people that we've ever had here at Super Training Gym. He's one of the coolest people ever. Yeah, he was uh, He was amazing. Yeah. Oh, there's more people popping in here. What's It, it just it blew my mind where we were at the uh, San Jose Fit Expo, and Jay Cutler has you know the, the, the longest line there. It was like him and Cass Martin were competing with like the longest lines. But um, I'm just walking around checking out the floor, and then <laughs> I look over. I'm like, oh, shit, there's Jay Cutler. Cool. And he flags me down, like in a crowd of, you know, the entire place. And I'm right. like, dude, I'm, I'm literally nobody, right? Like, and he's like, oh, what's up, dude? So how, how's our boy doing? You know, this was during your uh, your show prep. Right. And we're just going back and forth. And he's just, he's just a great guy. <laughs> I guess everything you, you hope he would be. If uh, some of you guys that are listening here on uh, Instagram want to be able to hear the whole podcast and be able to hear Andrew better, <laughs> then uh, just pop over to the YouTube feed or to the Facebook feed and you'll be able to hear everything. But if you're comfortable where you're at, that's fine too. But yeah, Jay Cutler is awesome. And, uh, and Jay, um, you know, he shared a lot of great things with us, but he shared as a kid, he had this very, very tough upbringing. Um, his, in his family, you were going to, you were going to have a manual labor job. You were going to work for the family business. And I think they had what a concrete business, right? And, uh, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But anyway, you were going to do this manual labor shit and <laughs> you had no choice. Um, uh, construction it was what, as it, as it was anyway. So it doesn't really matter, but some form of construction. And anyway, he was, he was basically kind of almost, he mentioned he hated it so much that he wishes he would wish uh, that he was somebody else and he'd wish that he'd wake up like just in a different house and that he would, mm. you know, wish that he could escape some of it, but he couldn't. It was like him, his brothers, his dad, they did this work all the time. Um, I think it was Monday through Saturday. I think Sunday was a day maybe where he just had a little bit less to do, but I think he still worked even on Sunday mm. and he's just getting crushed by it and he just hated it. And he was almost like in this prison, but Finding out about his career as a bodybuilder, he delivered his own form of torture to himself as a bodybuilder. And then we kind of mentioned to him, we're like, that's weird. Like you got, you got out of jail, you got away from the parents, basically Mm -hmm. you got away from, uh, you know, all that manual labor. And then you stuffed yourself in a gym and you stuffed your, and you stayed at home and you had this really strict eating regimen and you, you were like in your own form of a prison. And there he was just, you know, beating the hell out of himself. But it's because that you need this resistance from, you need this resistance in order to build yourself up. And that's what he was doing. He was, uh, kind of creating his own, his own version of pain because the pain can be something that can, 
really try to fuel you. And there's a, there's so many different ways you can do it. You can kind of have pain like during each set. You can have um, pain and sorrow from mean shit, rude things that people have said to you over the years. You guys know my story. You know that I've struggled in school. And I was always told I was too dumb or too this or too that. You know, again, I want to make sure that people understand too. It's important to point out that all this stuff about being too dumb or too short or too fat, these are all things that are also created by yourself too. That's really important to understand because you need to realize that most people don't actually really care that much. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't like somebody sat me down and they're like, okay, you know, based off this like IQ test. Uh, we're going to see like your earning potential in life. You know, no one ever really, it wasn't really like that, you know, because no one really cares. But like I, I struggled in school. Uh, I got made fun of and teased for it. Um, I never took like another language, never messed with like an instrument. I didn't take a lot of these other classes because they were like, well, he struggles so hard in this other stuff. It doesn't make sense for him to even bother to try anything else. Yeah, why add more to the plate that he already can't finish? Yeah, exactly. And so like, you know, a lot of that stuff just, it it made me very insecure. And then it, and then it developed, uh, me thinking other things that people probably didn't even think or say, Mm -hmm. right. It's just Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. You just kind of think these certain things. And then I was also, um, uh, I was like, because of that, I was like with different people. It was really weird because like in high school, you know, these cliques developed, mm-hmm. you know, there's like these jocks and there's these people over here and these people over there. I didn't really hang out with anybody because I was like, I, I don't like the way a lot of my quote unquote friends act or the people that I should hang out with act. So I'm not hanging with them because they're a bunch of assholes because they're mean to a lot of the kids that I'm in classes with the quote unquote mm-hmm. retard class, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's my class. So I actually defended a lot of those kids and got into fights over stuff like that because, um, some of the people that I knew that were like on the football team or, uh, these other jocks and stuff would like mess with those kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I always just thought that was like, I, first of all, I thought that was bullshit anyway, but the fact that I was in the classes with those kids, uh, made me have, made me have, uh, you know, I was more attached to those kids. So I was like, I'm not standing for this. Like, I'm not letting somebody pick on these kids that can't, they can't even defend themselves. You know, these are kids that have, um, some real problems and they don't, they don't even understand what you're even trying to do. Like, you, like they make fun of them and the kids like, they didn't even know they were like the mm. brunt of a joke. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so lame, you know? And so I'd get into fights and get in trouble over it and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of that stuff of, you know, people saying I'm slow or people saying I'm retarded or people saying whatever they wanted to say, a lot of that was fuel for, um, you know, me turning myself into something in the gym, me turning myself into something out of the gym. And then it still fuels a lot of the stuff that I do today. I I have this crazy desire to continue to learn and educate myself as much as possible. Now, the reading side of things, I still, it's still hard for me. So I still choose not to mess with reading. And the word, reason I say choose is because I don't want to say the word can't. Um, I can read, I can read just fine, but I read very slow. I tend to process it very slowly and I, I tend to, uh, not be able to digest it very well. And so I do better with audio. I learned that about myself. And so, um, you know, my favorite thing to do is to listen to some audio stuff, um, whether it's a YouTube video or um, an audio book, and I'll sit down with a pen and paper and I'll take notes on a lot of these things, just like I'm in class, which doesn't actually make any sense because I hated school. 
So why would I put myself back in class again? And it's back to the Jay Cutler thing of him putting mm-hmm. himself back into prison, almost checking back in because you have to have some form of discipline and you have to have a way of building your strength. Like how else are you going to build it? You're going to build it by sitting there on the couch, watching a football game. No, that's not really enough. That's not really going to cut it. Um, we do need entertainment. We do need to relax, but, um, we also need to really work on ourselves and work on being stronger. I was going to ask you, did you like, I know you had a, um, you said like a learning disability, but did you just hate the idea of school? Like, let's just say like it was, uh, I still hate the idea of school. It's way too long. (laughs) Um, in so many different ways. Um, and I'm also kind of a believer though, too. Like if you don't have a solution, you can't really bitch about it too much. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a, a great solution, but I do think that school is way too long. I think from when school starts to when it ends in terms of your age is way too long of a time period. How many hours you spend in school is, is excessive. It, I mean, it's, it's extremely excessive. It's five days a week and you're in school for like six or seven hours, uh, at a clip. And it's just, it just seems like an, it seems like an enormous amount of time. And now, you know, also let's backtrack a little bit and let's think about why it was set up that way. It was set up that way. So mom or dad, uh, preferably it was only one person would go to work from nine to five. So you drop your kid off at school, your, your kid get picked up by the bus. They'd go to school. They'd have lunch. Everybody meet back up for dinner at 6 PM or so. And the day was over with, right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, rinse and repeat and you keep <laughs> You kind of keep doing that and everyone has off on the weekend and, uh, Sundays are kind of like a family day for some people. It's like a church day. Saturday was like an in-between day. Kids can kind of do their thing with their friends. Friday nights, uh, mom and dad can have some people over the house and have a little party or whatever it is (laughs) they want to do. And that's just the way things have always been, but things are so different now. Both parents usually work, uh, less and less people have to go to an office all the time. Um, and so things are just so different now. I, I don't think it makes any sense to send uh, kids off to school for so long. Homework never made any sense to make. So I'm like, hey, man, we're, we're really inefficient. We're spending all this time at mm-hmm. school, and now you're giving me more shit to do at home? I hated homework when I was in school. It's, in, it's insane. It does make sense, though. It does make sense to kind of hold you accountable, to give you some stuff to do. But a lot of times, I mean, even my son, you know, he's working on stuff for like, I don't know, he work on homework for like two or three hours or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this, this is insane. And his stuff is impossible. The stuff he's doing is impossible. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what the hell they have you yeah. working on, but this is like mean, ridiculous. Jazz is only in fifth grade and I have to Google her homework all the time. Yeah. I feel so dumb, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what this means. Yeah. And yeah, but uh, my nephew... He, he was, he started kind of having a hard time with school about the same time I did, like in junior high. And I'm like, look, dude, you're not going to learn anything that's going to be real life changing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but you have to finish it. Cause if you don't finish school, you ain't going to finish shit for the rest of your life. That's true. And he, his eyes kind of lit up cause <laughs> nobody, nobody talks to him like that. I'm right. the, I'm the youngest of all my siblings and he's the oldest of all my nephews. So we're not really close. We're still, I don't, I don't even know exactly. I mean what like 12 15 years whatever Mm -hmm. it is um no longer than that but still i can look at him and be like yeah dude school is kind of bullshit (laughs) like trust me you're not gonna use any of it like but if you quit now you're gonna quit everything and he's like okay so 
he's doing better now. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Something I always, you know, we talk about in the podcast. I mentioned it yesterday, even, um, you know, what education does is it, it, it can force you to do the things that you don't want to do when you don't normally want to do them. And that is one of the more important things in life to try to figure out how mm. to get ahead. Yeah. When you're tired and it's uh, 7 p.m. and you know that you should probably cook a meal or two for the next day if you didn't get a chance to get ahead and get some other meals cooked up, um, there's a wonderful opportunity for you to fall behind and there's an, a wonderful opportunity uh, for you to be less than what you want to be, right? And so doing the things that you don't want to do and you don't normally want to do them is a really, really critical thing. And it's a good thing to pause on every once in a while. It's a good thing to sit there and ask yourself, like, am I being a bitch right now? Mm. Like, do I really need to rest or should I, should I be doing the stuff that, that makes me better? Um, is this, is this legitimate downtime? Do I actually need downtime? Cause sometimes you do. If you're sitting there and you're watching, uh, TV with your daughter, then the answer is, yeah, sit there and watch TV with her. If you're watching a program together, now, like if she's on her phone <laughs> and you're not really paying attention, you got your laptop in front of you and you're mm -hmm. like editing, then who, you know, who really cares? Yeah, go cook up the other meals that you need for the next day mm -hmm. or go for a walk or see if you can do something together. And if you can't, uh, then, you know, um, figure out how to get yourself kind of prepped for the next day. But yeah, sometimes we do need that downtime. Sometimes we, we definitely need family time we definitely need time with friends we definitely need time to uh <clears throat> kind of hang out and kick it right but you know i think when it comes to school the the amount of years that you're in school is way too long the amount of hours that you're in school is way too long um however what else are you going to do so like you know 18 is not very developed 17 mm -hmm. 18 19 years old is not very developed but if you think about your life you go from, you go to school from when you're five until you're basically like 16, 17. I guess some, I guess sometimes you're 18 by the time you get to high school, right? So you go to school from the time you're five until you're about 18 years old. And then normally people want you to go to more school. Mm -hmm. So usually you try to go to more school, <laughs> which could be two years, three years, four years, five years, depending on what you're doing. Uh, it could be a little longer if you're trying to be a doctor or something like that, or, um, you're trying to learn a trade or something, even after school, get a master's degree or any of those things. Uh, you're in school for a really, really crazy amount of time, 20 years. You know, you might be in school until you're 23, 24, 25 years old. Uh, <laughs> that's a really long time. People usually don't figure out much of anything until they're about 30. Um, and then if you're lucky enough to figure out shit by the time you're 30, you usually, uh, aren't getting ahead until you're about 35, <laughs> right? So it's like mm -hmm. all this shit is like, you know, flashing before your very eyes during all this whole process, by the way, you're supposed to f try to find a significant other. You're supposed to have somebody else along for the ride with you. Right. And, um, it just really sucks the way things are set up. Um, luckily for myself, I was able to, because only because of Andy, like without Andy, I, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here uh, talking to you guys in this way, wouldn't be sharing, uh, some success stories with you guys. Cause I just didn't have direction. I, as I mentioned yesterday, I wasn't a loser. She might disagree with that, <laughs> but, um, I just didn't have direction. I didn't, I didn't have, and without direction, you don't really have purpose because you don't really know what or why, uh, 
you're trying to do things. If we could somehow get you right before Andy met you and bring that person to 2018, would that Mark Bell have entrepreneur in his Instagram profile? Um, <laughs> I always was excited by the idea of not having a job. So yes. <laughs> 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 and that's what entrepreneur means to me today because most of the other people that use that title uh, kind of fall in that category of people that just don't have a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's why I was like, hmm, I wonder if that Mark Bell's hosting a seminar anytime mm-hmm. soon. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, I mean, everything, everything came together, uh, the right way, but just kind of back a little bit more about school. You know, I, I do wish, mm-hmm. you know, some more practical stuff was taught in school. You hear people complain about this all the time. And again, I don't have all the solutions. And, um, if I want to see change then I should get involved politically and I should try to figure out ways of making change. And maybe at some point I will actually do that, but these kids need to know about this cloud thing, don't they, Andrew? I mean, nobody knows what's going on with this cloud. So one of the guys on the team, John, uh, he's been referred to as the poor man's Filipino thunder. Oh, yeah. He said he could help us out. Oh, my so God. I asked him yesterday to come in today to help us out. But uh, so we'll, we'll see. But if, yeah, if we can teach these kids to fix my iPhone, that'd be tight. And, uh, yeah. But we need to know about this. I don't even know what's going on. And then school starting way too early. I know you said it's because of like, it just, it fits in line with everyone's mm-hmm. schedule, but it, it's, man, dude, kids circadian rhythm <laughs> is way later than an adults. Oh yeah. So like they start being able to function. And I say they, I mean, just like younger adolescent, yeah. you know, uh, like somewhere around like 1 PM. <laughs> so like, at the end of school, that's when they're actually fully awake, right. and then they send them off. So, <laughs> right, right. You know, so it's 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 really hard, and I, I don't have the answer. I know uh, with Jasmine, she's homeschooled now, so she sleeps in a lot more than she used mm-hmm. to. Like she used to have to be up at like four or five in the morning just to get to school on time, which right. is crazy. But now that she's starting later, she's able to concentrate a little bit better. At least it seems like it right now. Um, when you, when the kids are in like a preschool, um, you know, I started, I remember like, you know, they would, they would do some of these activities and then they would eat and then they would like take a nap. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, one time I was just kind of like looking at like the foods that they were eating and I was trying not to be too wild and crazy about (laughs) it, but I was just thinking about it. I'm like, man, like, okay, they do all this stuff and we send them to this thing and, and I'm like, oh my God, it's like, it's almost like you... You send your kids somewhere because you're trying to have them have activity. You don't really send your kids somewhere because you're trying to have them take a nap, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and you send your kids off to, and I understand, like, I I get it. I know why they do it because some of these kids are going to be grouchy if they don't get their nap. I, I understand how it works, but if you look at what they do with these kids, they'll have them do some activities and they you know, learn their numbers and ABCs and stuff like that. But then they feed them. And when they feed them, they give them a lot of carbs, right? The carbs are going to kind of slow everything down after they had some recess, chocolate milk, maybe like a muffin or something like that. Graham crackers and purple punch. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but what do they do in prison? They do like the same shit in prison. Oh, shit. Yeah. They, they kind of have the same <laughs> schedule almost. Like when you're in prison, they feed these guys 
a lot of these uh, carbohydrate-rich foods to slow everybody down a little bit, bring everybody's temper down a little bit, bring everybody's aggression down a little bit, um, bring everybody's you know mood up a little bit, maybe with some dessert, right? Mm-hmm. And then everyone's groggy and tired, and it's just like, man, this is not this is not a platform for education by any means. Like mm-hmm. this is a kind of a platform for snoozing and pl- kind of a platform for them just uh getting a little bit of exercise in maybe in the morning which is good but yeah i wish school was a little bit more practical too i wish people would uh teach people about how valuable it is to like own a home um Mm -hmm. how important it is to own a home and that that should be it really depends on what you want to do with your life if you want to be a loner and you want to be like an artist or something like that then maybe it doesn't matter as much but if if uh if you want to have a family then you kind of need assets. And one way to have an asset for a lot of people is to own a home, um, teach people to buy stuff outright and not, not have to owe shit, Mm -hmm. teach people to not use credit cards, teach people to not take student loans. Um, man, student loans are ridiculous. I mean, you're trade, you're trading a lot of, you're trading a lot of time. You don't, you don't need an education a lot of times to get a job. Uh, the job here, I've, we've never looked at anyone's education one time. I don't even really know who has what or who's <laughs> done what. Uh, I know Chris Griffin's pretty smart and that's about it. Yeah. I guess a genius. <laughs> but, uh, I don't, don't really know or care all that much about the, yeah. you know, uh, everyone else's, uh, education and, and, um, educa- I'm not saying education is bad. I'm just saying that, um, definitely if you're going to take like student loans and stuff, you have to really be aware of these things. I think that. I don't know, for some reason, credit cards and these things, like it's almost, I know that everybody knows you have to pay them back and everybody understands that you do have to pay them at some point. Um, but I just don't think people understand how heavy it really is to really owe. Yeah. And and you shouldn't have to owe much of anything. Yeah, I know. And I, I used to think this way, but I just know a lot of people think like, oh, I need a car. So I'm going to have a car payment. That's just a part of life. And I'm okay with that. No one should have a car payment. Let's yeah. just, let's just say that to everybody right now. Oh, shit. No one should have a car payment. There's a, there's, there's not a lot of good reasons to have a car payment. All right. We got that clear. No car payments. Pay for what you can pay for what you can get. Do you have any school loans? <laughs> What's your school loans looking like? I'm just curious. Throw a number out. We're getting some info from. Like, like right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I was just asking Jessica yeah. Smith what her because I know she went to school and she's all smart and stuff. But yeah, she has fifteen thousand right now in debt. That's yeah. tough, man. It's a lot. It's just a lot of money. Um, it's not that it can't be paid back, and she's doing mm-hmm. the responsible thing by by paying into it. You know, you keep paying into it, and paying mm-hmm. into it, paying into it, and and you get over it. But I think you know a lot of us have also seen our parents, and our parents are are stupid too. You know, they're. I mean. <laughs> you know, my, my parents, you know, my, my dad is, you know, he's pretty sharp when it comes to like, my, my mom is too. Sorry, mom. Uh, they're both, uh, they're both very, uh, they're both very crafty when it comes to finances. But I think a lot of us have seen our parents, um, talk about like mortgages and these different things, which I still don't know anything about. I, I don't really know how much the house costs that we bought. I've said this before. I don't, I don't know how much this place costs. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know much of anything when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't really understand a lot of it, but I wish I learned it in school, I guess is part of my <laughs> point. 
Um, but I was smart enough to understand, like, I don't want to owe a bunch of shit. So I want to mm-hmm. figure out ways of being able to kind of buy things outright. I realized that not everybody always has that choice with everything. And so sometimes you have to, uh, you know, kind of make, make certain decisions kind of based off of where you're at. But the problem is, is people will make a decision and they'll get a car for like 600 bucks a month or 900 bucks a month. And it's like, man, you know, you're riding that fine line. Why are you putting so much pressure on yourself? Now you have to, um, you have to just work that much harder to, to kind of ease some of the pain of some of that. And that, that's, uh, a really tough thing to, to have weighing over your head all the time. Yeah. And people do that shit with like the new iPhone. Yeah. (laughs) They'll like finance it or lease it. And, uh, man, I mean, I got really lucky with mine, (laughs) but, uh, that I, I was looking at them because I yeah, have they're a, getting expensive. I'm just like, there's a new, a new, new one coming new, out. New, right? new, new one. Yeah, it's, it's not out yet, is no, it? No, not yet. It's just for pre order. But mm-hmm. it starts at $10.99 and it goes up to, I think, $1,500. Shit. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny when I went to get the one for the gym. I think I went to get like the one for the gym and my other new phone kind of at the same time. And it was like, I don't know, just some ridiculous amounts, like mm-hmm. eleven hundred bucks or something, and and then it wasn't that much longer that another new one came out or something weird like that, and I was like, "Geez, this yeah. <laughs> this is getting to be pretty pretty uh, pretty crazy." But uh, I will say that there's no single uh, thing that you own in your life that's probably more important than your car and your phone, right? I mean, those two things are pretty damn important. Um, your house, that's kind of a different thing and it's different lifestyle for different people. Different people are into different things, but yeah, your phone's pretty damn important. Yeah. Uh, being on it and wasting a bunch of time is not, not, not great, but there's just a lot you can do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it really enhances it. Elon Musk, you know, talked about how we are already cybernetic organisms. Uh, I thought that was pretty crazy. I watched 60 Minutes last night. I know how old am I, right? <laughs> watching 60 minutes that's when you know you're you're about ready to die probably right <laughs> um but uh there was this technology this kid was wearing this piece uh, in his ear and it kind of ran along his jaw and went towards his mouth and the uh guy who was interviewing him said um all these kids by the way they were from uh like uh mit and uh mm. just super super brilliant kids i think they only accept like 50 students at a time or something just i don't know just wild these kids are geniuses but this kid um he had this thing on his head he's probably only like 19 years old the interviewer asked him he's like hey what's 4975 you know times whatever now the kid didn't even say anything the machine that was attached to his head didn't didn't listen it did, doesn't hear anything it only reads your thoughts <laughs> so the kid okay. thought about the question that was asked to him, he repeated it back in his head without speaking it to this computer thing that's hooked up to his, to his ear. And then he, uh, repeated the answer back to the guy. That's so bad. What if a chick walks in? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to keep it to yourself, I guess. Um, they somehow were, and I don't know if this was just for purposes of showing you how the thing was working, but the words were popping up on the screen of, um, of how this process was basically Google downloading in his head. And I, I kind of almost wonder if that's what Elon Musk was talking about on the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. But, um, just, I mean, there's some crazy things coming out that are, 
that are really going to lead. But, and, and that's like, I guess, you know, back to the school thing. I mean, I, I, I'd like to see, um, as I was seeing all this stuff with like MIT, I was like, man, it'd be amazing if a school like this existed for nutrition and for health and, mm. and they were really studying. And now there's just not as much, well, there's money to be made, but there's also money to be lost. And so I think that, uh, if we made everybody healthy, <laughs> that we'd be, <laughs> we might be in a lot of trouble, but they had some crazy robots and some crazy things. They had a guy running up and down the stairs, um, you know, faster than you and I can run up and down the stairs for sure. Uh, with, these, with these prosthetics, you know, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> I'll beat that guy's ass. <laughs> that guy hasn't seen me going up and down stairs. Mm-hmm. Lived in a, in a, in a house with stairs <laughs> majority of my life. I'm pretty good with the steps. Mm-hmm. I, I can go down them pretty fast. <laughs> um, in regards to the new, well, I guess the new iPhone, but the, the new iOS mm-hmm. uh, update I was telling you about, um, when it comes to limiting how much time you're on your phone. Oh, yeah. I know Android users are probably like, oh, welcome to 93. We've had this on our phone forever. But you can actually set limits on how, how much time, how much screen time mm-hmm. you have on certain apps. Those Android people, they're really hanging on, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing they're how gonna, mad everybody gets. They're going to come light this oh, podcast on fire. They get so <laughs> yeah. They get so angry. So angry. Anyway, as we were talking about a lot of this, there were some other people that we just kind of had in mind, and we were, and I was talking about the uh, speech from Kevin Durant. We'll attach mm. that to this podcast. Kevin mm-hmm. Durant, you know, he when he got the uh, MVP MVP for the NBA uh, about two years ago. Uh, he went up and gave this great speech and he talked about his mom and he talked about how uh, she was so critical to uh, everything that he ever did and how she always made sure they had food and all this stuff. But he said he remembers they moved into an apartment and uh, it was him, his mom, and maybe like another family member and they just sat on the couch and they just cried because they were like, this is so wonderful to be in this uh, apartment with this cool couch. Like they hmm. were so happy were so uh like overcome with joy that they that they cried he really like enjoyed that moment with his uh mom and it kind of you know it's a story of like here's a guy and and his mom who, who didn't have a whole lot he grew up with nothing so there's definitely a lot of pain associated with even though he had a loving mom which is amazing and that helped guide him through everything um they had a lot of pain when it came to finances mm-hmm. which is a pain for a lot of people a yeah. lot of uh marriages they still, they still say that, um, you know, more marriages are destroyed by, uh, the pain of finances than they are about, you know, people cheating on each other and stuff like that. So, um, it was just a really cool speech too. He's talking about his mom, you know, um, or at least I think he was talking about his mom waking him up and making him run Yeah, and, uh, you know, making sure he was well fed too, to be strong, to mm-hmm. play basketball and stuff like that. Yeah. When he's talking about the apartment, I thought it was great. Cause he was like, we got our apartment and he's like, man, we thought we made it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shit. Man. Yeah. 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 And then now he's making what a like hundred million dollars <laughs> yeah. a year or something, something, uh, something really crazy like that. You know, we think about, uh, some of these other people, that we've kind of run into over the years, a guy like uh, Pete Rubish, you know, Pete Rubish, um, you know, he's a guy that like would gut out these crazy, crazy sets of deadlifts. And, uh, there's a video, um, that, uh, that Andrew and I were watching an old video from super training that was edited by our boy, Kevin Sampson. And, um, he's the, uh, fuck your elbow guy. Shout out to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Kevin put together this great video, um, about how, 
he used this fuel, used these negative things that people say, and he used it as ammo and you, and you turn it into, uh, you turn it into a weapon and you use it against people because people will say shit to you. They're going to tell you that you're never going to make it. They're going to tell you you're never going to amount to anything. They're going to tell you you're too short. You're too tall. You're too fat. You're too this, you're too that. And they don't understand. None of it makes any sense because these people, they don't know your heart. They don't know who you are deep down inside. They don't understand your mindset. They can't look inside your body and understand how bad you want to actually do these things. And so you can't ever absorb those things. It doesn't make any sense to really absorb them. But what you can do is you can take note of it and you can say, hey, thank you very much. This is going to come back at you tenfold. And I'm going to make you eat these words that you just said, because now you got a point to prove. Somebody just told you that you can't do it. And now you got to show people that you can. And I think people ended up liking somebody like Pete Rubish so much because I think they felt that way when they watched him lift. I think everybody kind of almost, it's almost like a, it's almost like a superhero. You're kind of drawn into it because you kind of feel like, like this is the underdog, like the superhero is the underdog until, until his superpowers come out. Mm-hmm. And what does that kind of tell you? It's kind of the same scenario, right? That I just said, these people don't really know you, right? Like if you're to mess with Clark Kent, you don't really know what you're getting into. You think you're messing with a nerd and now you're about to get jacked up, right? Because Superman's got these crazy powers because he's an alien basically, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, a lot of us have these, these powers within us. A lot of us have the strengths within us and we have this determination, uh, within us that other people can't see. And it's your job every day to show people what that actually looks like. That's what we're trying to do when when we're in the gym. That's what we're trying to do when we're working really hard. That's what we're trying to do for our children. When you wake up in the morning and we go to work every day, we're trying to set that example. We're trying to show people like what's on the inside. It's really easy for everybody to kind of see what's on the outside. They might see that you're smiling. They might see that you're nice to other people and all those things are really important too, but you want people to see what's on the inside. You want people to, to, and I've said this before too, you don't want people to identify you as a certain thing like, oh, Mark Bell, he's a powerlifter or Mark Bell, he's a bodybuilder. No, they say Mark Bell, that's a hardworking son of a bitch, (laughs) whether they like me or not. Mm -hmm. Right. They say, you know what, man, like that guy seems to be everywhere. Like seems like he works his ass off. That's what you want people to say. You want people to know you for that work ethic. And again, <clears throat> you're, you're, you can use a lot of fuel that you've heard over the years. A lot of things that you were told, um, Andrew and I <clears throat> were discussing this before the podcast. And I was saying, here's Andrew, you know, 10, 15 years later from, you know, his dad making a comment about him. Uh, when I think you're wearing a tank top or something, right? I was actually shirtless. Yeah, we had just went swimming. <laughs> Even worse, shirtless. Yeah. yeah, we went swimming at Collins Lake. We still go there a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was walking next to two of my cousins and my dad was just pointing out like at their physique. I mean, we were, I was probably 10, so they would have been 12 and like 13. Mm-hmm. And he's just like pointing out like, you know, they look like they were in shape or whatever. And he yeah. looks at me and he's like, oh, look at ours. Ours sucks. <laughs> Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. And it's like, but, but anyway, you know, you, you know, it's, uh, you know, 20 something years later Mm -hmm. and here you are meal prepping, training, right? Like, and it, it, it leads to these things and it doesn't have to always necessarily be negative. I mean, sometimes we say things that we don't really realize how hard it's going to cut somebody. I'm sure your dad didn't like, you know, 
mean to have it be mm-hmm. like something that would sting so hard. I mean, maybe he was even just kind of kidding around. Or maybe he didn't, just didn't think you were here, could hear it. Yeah, I don't think he could. He knew yeah. that I could hear him. Yeah, because it's like, you know, most of the time you don't want someone to hear when you're <laughs> saying something like that. You're just saying something kind of dumb. Um, but the impact that it can have and what it can do and how it can fuel you. Um, well, then, you know, you, then you're kind of burdened with carrying that on forever. You're like 10 or 11 years old. You don't even really know what any of that really means. But yeah, you do kind of look around and you're like, oh, those guys are kind of like bigger than me. And then as you get older and realize like, shit, man, maybe I am kind of skinny. Like maybe I should do something about it. And you get more and more fired up and you keep trying and trying and trying. Some people just go the opposite way. Some people are like, you know what? I'm not into any of that because I've been burned with that whole situation. I've had nothing but negative feedback from it and yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. You yeah, know, so it's it's safe to say that's what happened to me because then yeah. it was like you know, once I got old enough to play football, it's like, well, your cousins are doing it. I'm just like, well, yeah, they're bigger than me. Yeah, I don't look like them. Remember? Yeah, that? that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't look like them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't you don't look like them, and and uh, you don't feel as confident as they do. Right. Maybe, but um, yeah. The good thing is you can kind of take you can kind of take some of that uh, mindset, some of that attitude, and you can use it for. You know, you can use it for good things and you can take, uh, think other things that people said about you and you can turn it into something. Mm-hmm. Turn that shit into fuel. <laughs> we dropped off there off IG cause it lets you do it for so, only so long, but, um, you know, Steve Johnson is another guy, you know, we've seen Steve Johnson do that deadlift challenge. We've talked about that before mm-hmm. those two guys going back and forth so much that, you know, one dude ends up in, or they both ended up in the hospital, I think. Um, from that epic uh, deadlift battle they had in the uh, animal, animal cage, the animal yeah. cage years ago, <clears throat> and even like, I mean, even you know, watch my favorite movie of all time is uh, well, I, I guess, two of my favorite movies. There's a lot of like pain in in both of them, but like you look at something like Rocky. Mm-hmm. Rocky was the underdog. He was never given a shot. Rocky thought so poorly of himself that when the idea of him fighting Apollo Creed for the championship, he didn't even know that they, that that's what was going to happen. Like they're telling him, you know, Hey, you get this chance to fight the champ. And he was like, Hey, listen, you know, um, I just want to let you guys know that I'm not going to take any cheap shots in, uh, in sparring and stuff like that. And, um, I'll, I'll be a good, you know, I'll be a really good sparring partner for Apollo. And they're like, no, 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 you're not here to spar him. You're here to fight him. But he, he didn't understand, he didn't yeah. even comprehend that because he didn't feel like he was on that level. And then of course, obviously like what happened, happened. And obviously it's just a movie, but, um, you know, the same thing with, uh, you know, Braveheart, you know, Braveheart, they, they kill his wife. Right. And then mm-hmm. he gets revenge on everybody. And that's what ends up making that movie so exciting is like, he, not only does he get to like, uh, have revenge on everybody it's like and then some mm-hmm. you know he gets yeah. to like get revenge and then he just gets to kill all these people and just uh take out all this uh aggression <laughs> that's funny i didn't even really think about it but probably my favorite movie is uh major league and that's major league's awesome dude i love that movie. wesley snipes charlie mm-hmm. sheen way back but same thing they the, the team was built to lose on purpose right and then once they found out they're like what the fuck and they ended up winning the pennant yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, that's that is an amazing movie. I love that movie. Damn, that's a good movie. 
But, you know, as you're going through these workouts and as you're just going through life, you know, just think about the resistance and some of the things that you're getting hit with every single day. Um, pain is temporary. It's not going to last forever, but you can utilize that pain to, to build you up. You can utilize that pain. You can utilize that resistance to turn to, um, to build up your muscle, to build up your mind, to callous your mind so that things, when, when things happen again and again and again, um, they'll just hurt less. You'll be more prepared for them. You know, um, there's going to be, uh, tragedies. There's gonna be all kinds of things that happen to you in your life that, uh, you don't have any control over, but what you do have control over is your own actions. You have control over, uh, building yourself up mentally, physically, you have control over being positive. You have control over, um, you know, changing a lot of these shitty things that happen, these challenges. You have the ability to turn those things into triumphs and you can turn your pain into power. Bitch. <laughs> I said, bitch. I said, me. I was like, I said, me. You, you really said that? You really said that? You really said that? <laughs> I swear to God, I looked her in the eye and I told her, I looked into her soul and I told her, I said, bitch. That's got to be my favorite skit. It's hard to follow up that. Not of all time though, I don't think. I don't know. Hmm. It's hard to have a favorite. I mean, you know, favorite, favorite skit of all time for Saturday Night Live. How, what do you got? Um... When uh, Will Ferrell comes out born full bearded. Oh, man. Oh, oh it's hot, hot in there. Yeah. He's all wet. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I don't uh, know how that happens, but we refer to that all the time. Right. I don't know why, but we talk <laughs> about that so all good. Time. Need uh, more cowbell. Yeah, that's, yeah. But what's funny is because, like, I had, that was already a staple, like, in the, like, best of, like, for me before I ever walked into this gym, but I get here and it's like... <laughs> Boy, it was hot in there. <laughs> I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was that was awesome. Well, of course, I always love like the old uh, in living color stuff. Oh, it's man, pretty ridiculous. Of, they had a lot of good ones. <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Good. Just like chopping his thumb off and mm-hmm. lighting himself on fire. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The homeless guy, I don't know. What oh, it was. with the pickle in the jar, <laughs> like the little poop in the yep, jar. Yep. He's like, What's your sign? We'll work for food. <laughs> yeah. That was a great show. That was a great time. Comedy was like such a big thing then. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really see it as a kind of, I don't know, it'll come and go here and there, but mm-hmm. you don't really see it, uh, you know, surging as hard as it was back then. And then there was like more skits and stuff on TV. Uh, there was kids in the hall. <laughs> mm, kids in the hall, yeah. Yeah, Mad TV. Mad TV was good, too. I remember just being a kid, staying up, and then, like, switching back and forth. And then eventually, like, kind of started getting weird and not funny anymore. For me, at least. Kids in the hall is actually really weird. And, is, and is it's that... always, like, really gay, and they're always <laughs> dressed up, like, the men are dressed up as women. It's really crazy <laughs> over the top, but it's funny as hell. There was one skit. One of my favorite ones from Kids in the Hall is the flying pig one. You ever see that? Mm-mm. <laughs> it's so random, but the <laughs> flying pig that, uh, like, people will be, like, waiting in line. And, uh, you know, they're just, like, they're, I don't know, they're getting agitated. They're getting frustrated, like, waiting in line for food. Or they're waiting in line at the bank. And then the flying pig comes and cheers everybody up. And then it's as if they weren't waiting at all. And the flying pig just leaves. <laughs> there it is, the flying <laughs> pig. 
<laughs> Look how excited everybody is. Everyone's so pumped. And the guy like doesn't get it. He's like, what is this? Um, so yeah, they had a lot of, they had a lot of, a lot of great skits. Um, Saturday live wise. I mean, you got to love some of the Chris Farley stuff. Um, the motivational speaker has got to be, you know, one of the, one of the greatest skits of all time because he's making everybody else in the room die laughing and they can't hold back. Mm. Everybody else starts dying laughing while he's doing his thing and it's live, you know, um, his name is Matt Foley. I'm Matt Foley and I'm a there motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, the uh, living in a van down by the river skit. Yep. There it is. Yeah. He's, he was, he was amazing. Tommy boy was a great one, but black, that sh- black sheep was amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Black sheep is good. He was in a lot of good, he was in a lot mm-hmm. of good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, man, he was in, well, the one with the Chicago Bears. That's another good one that he did. <laughs> the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the other skit I was thinking of the other day? Ah, shit. Hot shit. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a black sheep when uh, they're in the cop car that has NOS. Mm-hmm. And it starts leaking. And then Chris Farley looks back and he's like, oh my God, we're stoned. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching uh, Chris Farley the other day. It was Tommy Boy. And there was that whole scene with the car door. And we were talking about that the other day. What did you do? Yeah. He's ridiculous. Oh, the other skit that's really good with Chris Farley is, and it's kind of sad because they said they think that this was like depicted him the best was the one where he was all nervous. Do you remember that skit? Mm-mm. And he would like meet like uh, Tom Cruise and he'd be like, hey, remember, remember that time? You remember that time? Remember that time? And he's like all nervous and he's like rubbing his hands on his uh, pants and he's he just like having a really hard time getting it out. And he's like, hey, remember that time? Like, uh, shit, he's like, oh, 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 God, God. Uh, you were in that, you were in that movie, uh, Top Gun, remember that? Remember that? And like somebody like Tom Gunn or or uh, Tom Cruise would be like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. He'd be like, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> and then like he had nothing to say, but he was just like a mega fan. He was all mm. excited. And they said that in the uh, documentary on uh, Chris Farley, they said that that's the way he really was. He was like actually really apprehensive and really like super uh, like nervous and scared of the world, period. And uh, that they, they thought that that's why he was able to... Uh, to pull that sketch off so well, you know, because he acted so, he acted like, uh, he just did a good job of acting like the way a fan acts sometimes when they, they meet somebody who's famous. Hmm. Anyway, we got some benching to do, right? Dude, I'm excited. Yeah. We got to work these pecs. These pecs ain't going to work themselves. Are we going to bench first or are we going to do other stuff? I don't know. It's been... It's been a little bit since we just started off with the bench, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Hmm. We definitely stay healthier. Not that we've gotten hurt, but, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be, mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. be kind of nice mm-hmm. to hit that bench up first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to stay a little healthier when we do other stuff first before we get uh, yeah. injured. <laughs> before we start out with the main kind of compound <laughs> movement. Uh, we did that yesterday or two days ago with deadlift. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we did deadlift at the end of the workout 
and uh, ended up working out pretty good for uh, for you. You ended yeah. up uh, lifting pretty damn good at the end of the workout. Yeah, two eighty five for a triple. Yeah, and it was uh, off the floor, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, you had the uh, you had the fifty five pound. You got the bumper plates on there, and mm-hmm. you had some tens on there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't know what it was. I had, I looked over, I didn't see him. I'm like, hey, uh, how much weight was that? <laughs> And then him and Jason were like, ah, oh, it's 240, 240, 245. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. He's like, no, 285. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that that's, that's a big, a big improvement. And I, I think that's the most weight you ever picked up off the ground, period. Right? Yeah, yeah. Cause and the, we did a lot, we did a lot of lat work first, though. So. I know, that's why I was really confused. Cause like, I was kind of tired that day. Mm-hmm. Then we did everything on the cables and yeah. all the other work. And then all of a sudden, like whoa my deadlift feels good today a lot of people need a lot of warm-up for deadlift i think mm-hmm. maybe like if you're more experienced and it might hurt a little bit to have too much mm-hmm. going on but um my experience and, and what we've seen in the gym is like you can do quite a bit of like speed work we used to do a lot of speed deadlifts and then um you'd be six or eight sets into your speed deadlifts and then sometimes we would just work up and people would hit like near maxes all the time with with ease because it's like your nervous system's finally like, okay, yep, I'm ready to go. It takes a lot. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for your body to really, and that's there's some days where you just feel it. There's some days where you just pick it up. Yeah. And it just feels <clears throat> like nothing. For me, it was a little harder because like the week before I kind of went all in on that, that wagon wheel deadlift. Mm-hmm. And the week before that, I kind of did higher reps from the floor. And so it was probably too many weeks of, uh, trying to pull the heavier weights off the ground. So it probably wasn't smart. So this next week I'll have to go back a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe not even deadlift, which is, which is always the hard thing to do. You know, I'll probably just, uh, do some like bent over rows real heavy or real hard Mm -hmm. and, uh, get into some other movements, but it's, um, it's a difficult thing to understand, but if you can pull back a little bit, then you can propel forward that much better. And, you know, something that we share here on the power project a lot is about, you know, your performance is crucial. And, and the, the way that you train is crucial. And if it's, if that's impeded by anything, if it's, if it's impeded by your own training, then it's a problem. If it's impeded by doing too much work, then it's a huge problem. If it's impeded by not sleeping enough, that's a problem. If it's impeded by not, not, um, getting enough hydration in, like these are all major issues and you have to figure out ways of, of solving it. And, um, I see too many people just following their program. Like, oh, it's my programming. Right. And it's like, hey, you know what? That's dumb that <laughs> you're doing that. Uh, your program isn't dumb and your coach isn't dumb. It's dumb that you're following it to a T because your coach isn't right there on top of you all the time to see everything or you're not communicating with them enough. You have to, you have to communicate a lot back to whoever's helping you in order for them to actually truly help you. You have to say, hey, you know what? Um, I, I think we're running out of luck here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, we... We've been pushing the deadlift heavy for three weeks in a row, and I think uh, it might be good to just pull back a tiny bit or maybe get rid of an assistance exercise. Like, I'm working really hard. I'm doing everything you say, but I'm starting to really feel grizzled, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been feeling a little tired, so I'm, I'm glad that I pulled 285, and I, I'll be totally 100% content with going back down and doing whatever the hell we got going. Yeah. You run, week. you run out of room too. Like mm-hmm. you run, just run out of, you run out of space to continue to, you can't get, you can't just get stronger every single time that you go to lift. It just doesn't work that way. It takes time. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think for today, I would love to start out with bench, but I'm also worried that I'm going to be too excited and <laughs> want to go bonkers, mm -hmm. you know? Um, hmm. Hmm. You know what we could do? We could slingshot her up and uh, handle something heavy, and then we can go raw on some regular bench. That might be a good idea. Okay. Slingshot. <laughs> There's some sort of code, right, for to get slingshots, like 15% off 15% any and all slingshots at markbellslingshot.com with the promo code POWERPROJECT. That's crazy. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. What's the website? Markbellslingshot.com. Oh, my God. They just got to type in power project and yeah check out enter code power project you and then get 15 percent off. off everything is in the description and or itunes show notes strength is never weakness weakness is never strength catch you guys later